Hi, this is Arazu and Megan, and you're listening to the Dio Diaries. Hey y'all, welcome back to another episode of the Dio Diaries. It's me, Arazu, and today I'm joined by a very special guest. AJ is a fourth-year medical student in addition to running a TikTok page with almost 100,000 followers. AJ, thank you so much for being here today, and congratulations on your recent engagement. <laughs> well, thank you. Thank you very much, Erzu. I really appreciate it. Thank you for, for having me here, and I'm super excited to talk with you today. Awesome, awesome. We're so happy to have you here. Well, I guess it's just me, but you know, we as a collective community are so happy to have you. How about you go ahead and tell the listeners a little bit about yourself? Yeah, of course. So my name is uh, AJ Malvatano. I am a fourth year medical student at Temple Medical School over in Philadelphia. I was originally born in Long Island, New York. Uh, grew up in Queens uh, for the first four years of my life and then moved to Freehold, New Jersey, where I spent you know most of my time, home of Bruce Springsteen. Um, and then after that, I went to college to the University of Delaware, where I majored in neuroscience and minored in uh, Spanish and healthcare and biochemistry. I went straight through from uh, college into medical school where I applied to around like 26 schools and really chose the school that was like kind of in the area and the best, um, you know, I just felt a good fit with Temple Medical School and wanted to give living in a city a try. And I've been loving it so far and I'm super excited now to be a fourth year applying psychiatry and uh, kind of doing this whole like internet thing. So. Uh, been a super exciting time and I can't wait for you know what's coming up with residency applications and everything like that yes love it we are all rooting for you um <laughs> yes I actually found your page on TikTok because I'm super interested in psych as well um and so I kind of really resonated with a lot of your TikToks and so mm -hmm. speaking of TikTok how did you get started with that uh in case you you didn't know the pandemic there was been a pandemic that's been going on um still going on uh and during the beginning of that i had i was living like really like really close to the school in north philadelphia uh and then you know with the point of having being able to walk to school every day and being very that being very convenient uh and then when all the classes went online i figured uh no longer convenient because I will be no longer walking to class. Uh, so I moved back in with my parents back in New Jersey and, you know, just looking for things to do that were safe and inside. And uh, I, I had like dabbled in content creation in the past, like, you know, being a teenager, everyone, you know, throws up YouTube videos. Of that, uh, yeah, <laughs> vines, <laughs> you know, um, of them and their friends hanging out. Uh, and I, you know, TikTok was a thing and I thought, you know what, this is, this will be fun to kind of give advice to pre-med and medical students and kind of, you know, I put my unique perspective into things. I like to think that I have a unique perspective that's different from a lot of other medical students uh, coming from a working class background, um, you know, first, uh, first generation, like med students, um, you know, I, my mom coming from the Dominican Republic, uh, I just, and I really just have like have more of an outlook of taking things a little bit less seriously uh, than, <laughs> than other, than other students. I mean, medicine should be serious and it should be, you know, meticulous and taken seriously. 
However, um, there's also a, a silver lining to that where I feel there should be, you know, comedy and, and humanity in there. Um, and I just wanted to kind of like, you know, throw those perspectives out there for anyone who is interested. And it kind of um, shot up from there. Uh, I really, you know, started getting more popular, uh, talk, you know, bringing up advocacy, talking about racism in medicine, talking about, you know, the, the systems that we have in place that, you know, that are used to, to that are more like, I would say, you know, more systems that, you know, we had in place that, you know, were tried to be dismantled, but still permeate throughout today, such as, uh, you know, African-American or estimated GFR versus regular GFR, you know, regular, uh, but the GFR measurement that you still see in, uh, you know, many labs and also talking about like, racist history in medicine and how it started and um or, and now as i'm applying psychiatry my focus has really kind of shifted towards you know mental health how you, you know those mental health are stigmatized um in you know in society in medicine their treatments are stigmatized um and you know what we can do to kind of advocate for for those patients yeah absolutely i love all of that and i think the part that I really admire is the fact that you use your platform to do something really good and educational with it. And like you said, you have a unique perspective and you bring a bit of levity to the field of medicine, which we all need, right? Because it is so serious most of the time. But again, bringing it back to the important issues at the same time. And I think that the way you do those two things at once is so just candid and fresh and I really really love your videos um not me fan drilling over here but yeah I, I appreciate the content you do in the space that you work in um and you mentioned that now that you're applying psych you're touching a little bit more on the whole um like issues in mental health and that kind of space um and I've seen a couple of videos you know talking about those things so um how do you fight the stigmas that are often attached with mental health and the space of psychiatry yeah, so it's really difficult uh, because a lot of people have a lot of different opinions, uh, especially like being in the online space. Um, you have you have a lot of people who, you know, have been genuinely hurt by the systems that we have in place that have been, you know, been vulnerable with providers, with physicians, um, and they just haven't taken, you know, weren't taken seriously, or they felt, you know, that they've been slighted, or that they didn't get the treatment that they deserve. And it's, you know, a true concern, a, a true, um, you know, feeling of, of, you know, just being disregarded. Um, and then, kind of looking towards alternatives to, you know, this system that we have of like psychopharmacology of, you know, using antidepressants to treat depression when, you know, why use antidepressants? Why use medications? Like these are problems that, you know, are society or, you know, it's a sociological issue. It's, you know, housing instability, it's food instability, it's uh, previous trauma, you know, this isn't like a medical issue. This is more of like a sociological issue. When really the, the, um, really the full story is is a lot more difficult. It's it's a lot more it's a lot more <laughs> messy. Um, really, it's it's you know trying to promote that psychiatry um, 
at its essence is treating those emotional and behavioral outcomes of both medical and sociological um, uh, kind of pathology where, you know, it's totally valid to have, to have these responses to, you know, previous trauma, to food or housing insecurity, as well as depression that is, that is secondary to getting a terminal diagnosis, chronic illness, or just an organic depression that people develop, you know, primary depression that, that people have. And so all of these things are valid and have their own space in psychiatry. And it's, it's really difficult. There's a lot of nuance when it comes to you know, discussing these things and their treatments and the past experience and lived experience of people who, who have uh, been treated or have mental illness. Um, and the most important thing I think is to keep in mind is that psychiatry has been kind of fighting for itself since its inception. Uh, originally, it was a, a branch of neurology. Uh, and then what happened was, you know, neurologists were, the neurology kind of uh, came into effect when they were doing pathological um, dissections of, of people's brains. And they saw that they saw like physical, um, you, know, you know, neurofibrillary tangles, things like that, physical things in the brain that, that they could point to diseases and then, you know, functions of the brain. And then psychiatry kind of evolved from that where it's like, okay, we, you know, something was going on but we couldn't find anything in the brain. So, you know, obviously there's something, but we don't really, you can't physically see what it is. So um, the, that's kind of like the inception of the branch of psychiatry. And since, you know, since its inception, it's, you know, drawn a lot of criticism. And because of that, the field has had to continuously fight and fight and fight and prove through countless studies and data, its validity, which, you know, now kind of, you know, now we have the breadth of data to show like our medications are, our medications work. They're one of the most well-studied medications that we have in medicine. Um, if you, I have it here. Um, you know, if we look at our interventions compared to you comparable uh, medications and treatments in medicine for other diseases, it's actually, they stack up really well. Uh, you know, SSRIs are more effective than aspirin is um, for for treating like cardiovascular disease or like the anticoagulation. Our their monoamine oxidase inhibitors are more effective than statins are at treating cardiovascular disease. Yes, uh, you pulled out the receipts. Yeah, ECT <laughs> ECT is more effective than metformin is at treating diabetes. So the like. Our medications are studied and studied and studied and proven because we've had to fight for all of these years to, uh, you know, against this anti-psychiatry movement or, or people that, uh, you know, cause, you know, call for criticism against the field because it's, it's very difficult. It's, you know, it's not clear cut. There aren't lab values that you could point to it and that results in criticism. But I think it's important to remember that we've been fighting for a long time and our uh, you know, treatments just keep getting better. Yes. I'm so glad we have soldiers like you that are willing to be on the front lines, educating people and <laughs> pulling up the receipts and, you know, really spreading the gospel of psychiatry being, you know, a branch of medicine that does good in the world. 
um, as opposed to like evil pill pushers as the narrative is. So it seems to be in the media sometimes. Um, that was a very thoughtful response. So um. thank you. I mean, <laughs> you know, Big Pharma is not not giving me, uh, you know, any amount of any dollar bills for, for <laughs> the number of pills that that I will prescribe in the future. So that, you know, it, there's a lot of conflation between big pharma and, and physicians and, you know, we're all in cahoots. I mean, mm -hmm. and rightfully so, because we like, we've had the opioid epidemic, which was mostly in part due to pharmaceutical companies, you know, bribing and, and paying physicians to prescribe these opioids before and kind of like muddying the waters with the data uh, in order to do so. And, you know, there's a valid reason, you know, historically for, you know, uh, for patients uh, to not trust us. And so we're, uh, this next generation of physicians and, and a lot of physicians that, that currently practice are trying very hard to kind of undo this, this distrust that has been built uh, around our practice. Um, and and I, I hope to, to kind of uh, help out in that regard. Yeah, and I think you're already helping um, yeah, I mean, just even beyond your reach on social media and online, I think that you're going to, in your own practice and in your own career, you're going to affect so many people. And it starts with that, right? Like doing what we can in our own individual ways. And so, so I kind of want to shift gears a little bit and ask you about your experience in medical school, because I love talking about mental health and you love talking about mental health. And so I wanted to kind of get at that a little bit and ask, how do you balance clinical rotations with studying for exams, your extracurriculars, and also taking care of your mental health on top of that? That's a great question. So I think the number one thing that people should realize if they don't already is you have to create your priorities that you know the things that are most important to you uh, in order to kind of like be happy and successful in med school. So some people's priorities would be that they you know they want to be a dermatologist. Uh, they they've been wanting to be a dermatologist their whole life. That means that they need to do the best on their tests. They need to get research done. They need to put out those publications. Um, and spend all that time to, to do really well so they can get into a, a good dermatology residency. Uh, that's not me uh, because <laughs> it's a lot of work. And uh, <laughs> um, personally, I like th that's not my priority. That's great. That's their priority, but um, that's not mine. And so, you know, my priorities are I want to be able to, you know, spend time with the people I love. I want to be able to, um, you know, be a good student, be a great learner, um, you be successful as a future psychiatrist, as, as a future resident. But I also really important to me is to go out, have experiences, um, enjoy the world, spend, and like I said, mostly spend time with the people I love, um, AKA my new fiance. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, and um, that means that I'm not going to spend as much studying, uh, as much time studying for tests as the person who is applying dermatology. So that means that, you know, it shouldn't be a surprise when I get my test score back and it's lower than the person who is applying into orthopedics or dermatology or anything like that. They're working a lot harder than I am. Um, 
and they have different priorities than I do. And it's kind of, then the more difficult part is, are you okay with that? And so are you able to, you know, conceptualize that wrap around your head? It's like, okay, you know, you're used to being successful. You're used to, um, you know, being a top performer coming from college. Um, are you okay with, you know, doing worse or, you know, not even, I wouldn't say worse. It's like getting a lower score on a test than somebody who has, you know, uh, than somebody else, as long as, you know, you're able to complete your priority. So it's, it's really being able, it's, I, I think the number one thing that I would tell students is like set your priorities and then, you know, those can change as time goes on. Maybe, you know, you're not happy with your academic performance, but test scores aren't everything. Um, you know, school isn't everything. And so, um, unless it is for you, which is totally fine. Um, I know people where school is everything, you know, MD, PhDs, you know, they're going to school for eight years. Uh, school is totally everything for them. And rightfully so, um, uh, because we need research and really smart people to do things like that. I'm just not one of those people. Exactly. Um, <laughs> and, and I, you know, making those priorities is definitely the, the number one thing to kind of help you succeed uh, in medical school. Yeah. I, yeah, I love the self-awareness. I, I say like the same thing, like I don't need the highest test scores. Like I just need to be happy with where I am and continue striving to be better. Like that's, mm -hmm. you know, I don't need to be the best because what my priorities are, are different than the person who is maybe at the top of the class, right? Like they exactly. might not, exactly. So they might not have the time to spend with their loved ones. They, their mental health might not be all that great, you know, but I think for longevity in this type of career, you do need to put some of those things first. And so it mm -hmm. might mean, you know, not having, not going into orthopedic surgery, you know, but those things aren't necessarily important, right? And mm -hmm. it just depends on person to person. But I love the self-awareness and I love the honesty. Mm -hmm. um, and, and those people, they, they, I mean, quite honestly, they, they could also be doing, you know, they're also doing all of those things. Their priority right. might be to spend time with their loved ones. Right. They're just really smart. <laughs> they're um, just smarter than me. Right? They're just smarter than me. And that's okay. Uh, exactly. Because you you have like comparing yourself to other people is not going to get you anywhere. You right. are completely different from the next person. Um, and, you know, maybe they do better than you on tests. You do better than them, you know, in the clinical practice. Right. Uh, you know, it's a completely different skill set. Exactly. Um, and so, it, you know, never, you know, you can have healthy competition. It's always nice. Um, but, you know, just work on being a better version of yourself every day, not yes. comparing yourself to other people. Yes, we love that. And, you know, I always talk about like surgeons, like I could never be a surgeon, but I'm so glad that there's someone out there or someone's out there that are willing to do that because that lifestyle is so difficult but I will be grateful, eternally grateful to those people because I can't do it. And vice versa, a lot of people could not do the work in psychiatry. It's mm. very difficult work. And so, you know, we all we all need each other. Exactly. <laughs> <The world's spinning. laughs> after after my surgery rotation, I was like, get me as far away from the operating room as humanly possible, unless I am a patient. Then right. I, I guess I can come back. But right. I you know, but thank goodness that there are surgeons that are okay with the lifestyle that want to do it because there's people that need them. Yes, absolutely. So I saw on TikTok that you had gone on a 300 mile hike through Colorado, was it? Yep. Yeah. 
Um, so I just wanted to ask you a little bit about that. What inspired you to do something like that during your fourth year of medical school? Mm -hmm. So, um, I, like I said before, I went straight through from medical school into uh, from a uh, college into medical school. And so I didn't really have any gap year experiences uh, before going into med school. Uh, I went on, a, you know, the summer between college and med school, I went on a you know, 44 day road trip with my then girlfriend, now fiance. Um, and we, uh, you know, kind of traveled all across the country and really got, got that hiking bug. Um, and then, you know, since med school, you know, I was busy, you know, it's, it takes so much of your time. Uh, the summer between like first year and second year, you have some time, at least at my school, um, can do some more outdoor activities, but we knew that we wanted to like go on a really big trip. Um, then COVID happened. We were supposed to, Aww. uh, we were supposed to go to Scotland, uh, to hike on the West Highland way, which is like a 100 mile hike through Scotland, but our mm -hmm. flights got canceled, uh, rightfully so. Um, and also the country was in lockdown. Um, so we what couldn't can you go, do? <laughs> yeah, we couldn't go even if we tried, uh, but we, you know, we really love doing things outdoors and we really wanted to go on, you know, an adventure. Um, and then she's a teacher, so she has her summers off. Um, and you know, fourth year of med school has finally come around, not had a vacation since before med mm -hmm. school, um, you know, a, a long vacation. Um, and I was, a I'm able to you know, we had 12 blocks that we could pick from, uh, and I could choose what I'm doing for most of them with, you know, with some exceptions. Um, and there are four weeks long. And so she has off during the summers. I could choose a block to take off during then. And we're like, okay, we got four weeks. What are we going to do? It's the middle of July. Um, and that this was a trail that like, you know, had a four week span um, you know, the weather was going to be great. We were both off and we were like, okay, we're going to do this. Like <laughs> before then we've never, uh, hiked more than uh, a day, like an overnight trip. Oh. Um, and we've, ne you know, we're not big runners or like marathon runners, anything like that. Uh, but we knew that we wanted to go out and experience nature and like, see this, these like experience this culture of through hiking, yes. um, which has been like super transformative. Um, you know, it's, it's such a unique and, and like, such as like a surreal kind of like experience to just be out there with like the same group of people for 30 days, just walking all day long. Um, and I also wanted a, a really good uh, backdrop to propose. Uh, <laughs> I saw so, that video. Yeah. So cute. And so, um, and it was a perfect, it was a perfect opportunity. Um, and, it, you know, it was just like a once in a lifetime because after residency happens, so something you need to think about if you're pre-med, you, uh, you know, once you're in med school or uh, you're probably not going to have more than a month off of your life ever again until right. you're like an attending, you know, it's exactly. going to be another eight years until you can have, you can take a month off to do something. Right. Um, and so, you know, <laughs> if you have something that you want, if you want to backpack through Europe, if you want to do something like that, it'll, that'll take a couple months. Now, you know, now's the time to do it <laughs> before you get to med school, because you're not going to have a lot of time because like you're starting your career essentially. Uh, right. And people don't realize that like med school is the start of your career. Um, so you're not going to have the, the same time that you did before. 
Uh, and that's something to, to really think about if you're like kind of on the edge of like, oh, do I take a gap year? Do I not take a gap year? Is if there's something that you want to do that's going to take like several months uh, or at least more than like a month, then take a gap year and do it because you're not going to have the opportunity again. Oh, for sure. I completely agree with that sentiment. And your trip just looked and sounded really, like you said, transformative and just so good for the soul, I bet, to be out there every day and just kind of doing something just for you, something that mm -hmm. makes you happy and not even thinking about school, hopefully. Oh, yeah. I turned on my vacation email. Uh, it said, like, I'm in the mountains. I will not have any service. Oh, I, uh, I will read your email when I get back. Um, and it was also, like, really hard. Uh, <laughs> and, like, kind of sucked a lot of the times. But uh, it, it was definitely more a net positive experience. Met some great people, made lifelong friends. Oh, and now so we're funny. looking, uh, we're looking to do another long trail, hopefully um, in April. Uh, we have like 10 days off. And so, nice. so we're going to try to do another, another trail through Southern Illinois at that time. So nice. stay tuned for that. <laughs> I thought it was funny because you said you hadn't done um, a, oh, you hadn't done more than a day hike before or more than an overnight hike, right? That's so funny because I'm trying to plan a trip to Japan next summer and oh, nice. to, uh, climb Mount Fuji. And nice. that's kind of an overnight trip. And so, mm -hmm. or an overnight hike, you have to like um, sleep in one of the huts in, along the bases of the camp or oh, the, the camps on the mountain. Fine. Yeah. And I'm just a little nervous because I really haven't done like more than a day's worth of hiking before. Mm -hmm. So I'm a little nervous, but if you can do a month of hiking, I feel like I should be fine mm -hmm. with a, two days of hiking. <laughs> mm -hmm. And if they have everything set up and everything, um, you're, you'll yeah. be totally fine. Yeah. I mean, it's Japan. Everything's already worked out for you. You know, you just gotta, yeah. you just gotta get there. <laughs> yeah. We carried everything on our back, uh, all of our food, all of our shelter, um, all that stuff. So, yeah. it, you know, um, you can totally do it if, if you got the stuff set up for you already. Yeah, yeah, no, I'm, I'm excited. I'm like working towards that. Okay, let me get through step one first, and then we'll get there. <laughs> mm -hmm. Oh my goodness, step, and then you have, you also have complex. So yeah, I'm taking yeah level one and step one. So yeah, yeah, good luck to me. Yeah, for um, real. So I'm gonna ask you my last question. What is your final piece of advice for pre med students, medical students, just people out there? Yeah, so so I guess for pre-med students, it would be to, uh, you know, not to, I said it before, but don't compare yourself to others. Like the, the pre-med whole community, you know, don't go on student doctor network ever. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, Reddit's okay. I, I like, I like the pre-med subreddit. It, it, it's all right most of the time. Um, but you know, comparing yourself to others is only going to do you a disservice. You know, you know yourself better than anybody else. Um, you, you know, the person who has the highest grades, you know, probably isn't the best interviewer, or maybe they are, but that's okay. <laughs> because, you know, you're you, they're them. Um, it, and it's not worth it to compare because, you know, it's not gonna, it's not gonna come to anything. Uh, just worry about yourself and, and what you're doing, and then you'll you'll get the success that comes to you. Um, in terms for for med students, uh, I guess it would be to you know just you know keep things in perspective. You know, set your priorities. Um, you you know know what's important to you. Get those things accomplished. 
um, and, you know, take it one day at a time, you know, surgery rotate, my surgery rotation was the hardest, like one of the hardest experience of my life. It, it was actually, it was very, very difficult for me to kind of like keep up with that workload. Um, and, you know, just keep it in perspective. It's like, it's, it's going to end, you know, that, you know, this is, I have more days after this, you know, people get through this, I can get through this. Um, and, you know, do things that will make you like successful and, you know, find kind of those silver linings where you can. Um, and if somebody tells you to go home, go home. Uh, if, <laughs> if, if a resident says, oh, you know, you can go home. Don't say, unless, it, you know, you want to like look good, just say, okay, I'll see you tomorrow. I've, <laughs> if so, anyone, every person who has ever told me that I could go home, I have not second guessed it. I just said, thank you. <laughs> Uh, because uh, it's a great lesson that my fiance has taught me is that, you know, if someone, someone says something, they mean it, um, you know, don't second guess them. Don't, uh, you know, don't try to like perform, you know, they said it, they, that means they mean it. They're not trying to get, they're not trying to trick you, mm -hmm. um, you know, just go home. <laughs> okay, great. I needed to hear that. Yeah. It's okay to go home. <laughs> it's okay to go. And if you want to stay, you can stay. Be like, oh, I actually like really wanted to see this case or mm. I wanted to see this patient. Um, then that's totally fine. Um, like I've had sometimes where they're like, oh, you can go home. And I was like, oh, I actually wanted to like, you know, check in on this patient before I left. Oh, totally awesome. You know, they're not going to, they're not going to force you to stay or to leave. Um, but if they say that you can go home, you could go home. All right. Great advice. <laughs> um, and with that, it's a wrap. Thank you, AJ, for sharing your story with us today. If you guys enjoyed this episode, please go ahead and rate us on Spotify or Apple Podcasts or go ahead and follow us on Instagram at underscore Podcast. Peace.